Welcome to the Dr. Lori Morris podcast, where she interviews experts in health and science, sharing their expertise so you can live your healthiest life. This episode of the podcast is proudly sponsored by Fit Vegan Coaching, the world's leading whole food plant-based body recomposition program for Gen X and baby boomers. Founded by Maxime, whose personal journey began after losing his ex-fiance to breast cancer, Fit Vegan Coaching is on a mission to disease-proof the world through the transformative power of plant-based eating and fitness. This program is the Rolls Royce of plant-based coaching, offering all-inclusive services, personalized plans, world-class accountability, lifelong support, and more. Say goodbye to the yo-yo dieting and embrace a lasting transformation that will rev up your metabolism even post-transformation. Ready to take charge of your health and vitality? Head over to fitvegan.ca, that's fitvegan.ca, and mention Dr. Lori for exclusive bonus savings when you sign up. Don't miss this opportunity to join the movement towards a healthier, fitter, and more vibrant you. Are you tired of compromising between convenience and healthy eating? Look no further. Introducing Whole Harvest, your ultimate solution for wholesome plant-based meals. Whole Harvest is redefining the way you eat. Their meals are not only delicious, but also 100% whole food plant-based without any compromise. Whole Harvest takes pride in their approach. There's no oils, no added sugars, and low sodium. Plus, they have SOS free menu items available. I recommend Whole Harvest to my patients. They need convenient and compliant meals that can be delivered to their home. At Whole Harvest, you can reimagine your favorite dishes with a plant-based flair and enjoy menu items like the All-American Burger. Harvest lasagna and soba kimchi bowl. Whole harvest meals are chef crafted and made with high quality ingredients delivered straight to your door. And guess what? They ship nationwide so you can enjoy whole food plant based meals no matter where you are. And here's an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. Use the discount code PLANTS30 to receive $30 off your first order. Visit wholeharvest.com and place your order today. Again, that's wholeharvest.com. Your journey to delicious whole food plant-based eating starts here. This episode of the podcast is proudly sponsored by The Healing Kitchen, your path to vibrant health. Immerse yourself in the transformative program guided by the combined expertise of myself, Dr. Lori Marbus, and Chef Brittany Giruti, who has lost 70 pounds on a whole food plant-based diet. Here's what's in store for you. Virtual weekly sessions. Engage in an immersive 60-minute virtual session every single week, where you'll delve into the world of wholesome plant-based goodness right from your own kitchen. Cooking with Brittany the first half hour. Unleash your inner chef as you're captivated by Chef Brittany Giruti's culinary mastery that will delight your taste buds and nourish your body. Medical Q&A with Dr. Lori the last half hour. Prioritize your well-being during the second half hour. I will personally address your medical inquiries, providing evidence-based insights and personalized advice, empowering you to make informed choices for your health. So join us on the Healing Kitchen to help you step into a healthier and most vibrant future. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today uh, my guest is someone who really requires no introduction. Dr. Michael Greger, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. So glad to be back. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been several years, six or seven years since I last had you on the podcast, but 
You've done some I phenomenal. I have a big book to write. What do you, you know? <laughs> exactly. You're waiting just for this opportunity. Well, let's talk about that. That's why we're here about how not to age, the scientific approach to getting healthier as you get older. Okay, guys, this is a 600 plus page book with thousands and thousands of references. We will jump right in and, you know, not waste any of your time, but this is phenomenal. So again, I'd like to say thank you publicly for writing it. All your books are super helpful to individuals, but also for physicians like myself who care for patients. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'm so glad. I mean, the harder the book was to write, the more I realized how valuable it could be. Like if it took me three years to dig through right. all, then, you know, no one else has got a chance, right? I have the luxury of just diving into this all day, every day. And then I had this convenient pandemic to really shut me in. And so <laughs> I tell you, this was, uh, I couldn't have done it without it, right? But, you know, it reminds me of my, uh, you know, last book on weight loss. Uh, you know, both the diet and anti-aging industries are such multi-billion dollar monsters that with so much money in the mix, the temptation to, you know, promote products purporting all sorts of, you know, preposterous claims is apparently irresistible. And so it's like, mm -hmm. how do you tease out, you know, uh, you know, the, the we from the chaff? So I uh, that's 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 what well, that's what I did and excited for it to get out into the world. No, this is phenomenal. You know, my daughter is also a physician. So her, these, your three books, I'm like, I give her your book. Like, okay, kids, you're young, you're out there, you're starting to see patients. Use this to get started on the lifestyle piece of it. So it's oh, wonderful. So. Wonderful. <laughs> right. And plant-based too. So I, I, I bred one. So this is fantastic. Oh, good um, parenting. That's where, that's where it all <laughs> Well, let's get to, why did you even write this book? I mean, you gave a little bit of an explanation, but why aging? Why anti-aging? Because there's so many things I think you could also focus on. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really just the like what what could be more challenging than kind of the weight loss space, and very similar mm -hmm. in that um, there was just really no good books that I could find on weight loss. I mean, it was just such you know nutritional noise and nonsense out there, um, and mm -hmm. I saw the same stuff in the anti aging space, and it's just like look, I wanted to know these questions. People would ask me all the time, like, should I, should we all be taking metformin or should we, I mean, all these questions, like what about NMN, NR, NAD? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just like, I've really got to, to figure this out. Um, and there's just been such an explosion in the field that mm -hmm. uh, I, I knew is this is not a video series. This is something I have to, you know, dig up 13,000 citations for. And that's what I did to uh, to cover every possible angle uh, for, you know, developing kind of the optimal diet and lifestyle to, uh, to uh, you know, hopefully slow down the aging process for the longest, healthiest life based on the best available balance of evidence. That's fantastic. And on a selfish note, I'm curious, what is your approach to tackling a subject? Like how many hours a day do you have a, a flow oh, state? Oh, uh, well, so I'm, I'm so lucky. Look, I can do this all day, every day. And I have a staff of 14. We got a hundred active volunteers at any one time. And so it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's no, I mean, after this book, like, there's no project we can't take on. Like there's no subject <laughs> too difficult. So actually the next is going to be on the cancer survival. The next book, um, mm -hmm. again, you know, it's like cancer. We got it. No problem. Mm, goodness. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see that one as well, but 
for beyond the, the amount of information that you had to overcome and digest and then put in a place, because I know oftentimes you reference in your book, the other books, because there was so much information that you just couldn't, I mean, uh, what was your original? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, no, no, the in? book was, the book was over 1200 pages. So I actually had to cut half, but I mean, I, I mean, I just could, there's no way I could cut all that information. So what I did is I created videos over a hundred new videos, just for to put all that extra information in. And so I linked throughout right. the book. Um, and though all the kind of bottom line recommendations are all contained in the book, but in terms of like showing my work, how I got to a particular recommendation for or against, oftentimes, you know, that could be pages of, you know, interesting science and all the experiments that led us down this path, but not necessarily necessary for, you know, kind of the average readers, just like, just tell me what to do, damn it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, but I'm not, I, I won't accept that. Like, I'm no one's guru. Right. Like, the, don't listen to me, listen to the science. So I got to lay out the science. But 1200 pages is a lot of science. So I made all these videos, was able to put the put 600 pages of uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of words into those videos. All the videos will launch be live by December 5th. Um, and so, so, you know, people, you know, so if you have like some like favorite supplement or whatever that I like totally trash in the book and you're like, wait a second, what's going on? Okay. Well then go to the video where I go through every single major study. All right. This is how you've been misled. Um, or there's something I tell people to eat that they're like, what, why am I doing this? Well, all right. Here we go, ABC. Let's mm. just go through the list, and this is this is where we are today. Mm. Yeah, the videos are great. I what what were live already, and I was watching them, and then I saw that you know others weren't. Um, I was curious. So you could you make the the other six hundred pages that you cut maybe like an extra PDF supplement that people like me could download and oh, read as you well. Want, you, you want to read your six hundred pages? <laughs> I, no, I'd be, I mean, I can send you, I can send you the unabridged, unabridged oh. version. I mean, I'd be happy oh, to. That would be, that um, would be uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed I'll, to. I'll, cool. I'll, I'll contact your folks. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of like reading, rereading, making notes, digesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> that's good. That's fine. <laughs> and so what was your most surprising evidence that you came across when you were writing the book? Like you're like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Oh, I mean, the whole, I mean, the whole book, I mean, going in, I knew really, I mean, I did very little work on this, on this subject. In fact, uh, this is the book where I really started out with the least, right? And so How Not to Die was a slam dunk. It's like, oh, I've got videos on diabetes and heart disease, and it's just, let's just make a book out of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then How Not to Diet, um, there's a ton of work to be done, but I had a lot of videos on weight loss. Um, but really just a handful of longevity videos um, that just kind of nip around the edges, talk about some of the popular topics like telomeres or something. I mean, there were entire fields of science, like the microRNA thing that I wouldn't even discovered when we went to school. Like, so it's yes. just like, of course we have no idea. Um, and so entire <laughs> fields of science, entire mechanisms, anti-aging pathways that I was not familiar with. And so literally starting from scratch, and learning all, you know, I mean, so it was all, you know, it, it, I learned as I, I'm, I learned as much as anyone else reading this book. Um, <laughs> in terms of things that were kind of shocking to me, um, I mean, a lot of things like, 
you know, I went to it thinking, oh, I, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, resveratrol is going to end up on my anti-aging aid. Some of these supplements that have this, mm -hmm. this like, uh, you know, this, this anti-aging kind of, you know, that that's how they're sold. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, they, I mean, they can't be total scams or harmful if they're like, everybody's taking them. <clears throat> right. So, right. Uh, yeah. So I thought maybe resveratrol and no, it did not at all. Um, uh, or some of these, um, NAD boosting supplements. Nope. Um, although there are natural ways to boost NAD. Um, I was surprised about the, I don't know if you've read a, the exercise stuff yet. Um, some of was, it, some of it, that was, that yes. was a little, that was a little surprising kind of in the opposite direction. Um, mm -hmm. same thing with the sleep, you know, a lot of things that are just like what much more complicated than, mm. you know, if, if there's any. I mean, basically, the more you learn, you more you're like you don't know. It's more any answer you give can always be, but it's a lot more complicated than that, literally, right? And then when you give the complicated yes. explanation, you're like, but it's still really a lot more complicated. <laughs> so it's yeah. always a struggle to find out well, like what level of you know of detail to really go into, um, yeah. because a lot of our kind of sacred cows. You know, uh, there's some really shoddy evidence um, and some things where there's this tremendous body of evidence that I'd never even heard of. Right. I mean, so there was this mm. constant uh, back and forth. So, I mean, certainly all sorts of things I did um, in my personal diet. Right. I'd never heard of papali in my life, this long pepper stuff uh, with the piperlongumine. Mm. So so I okay. started taking that. Uh, um it was just a normal spice that you can add, but I'd never heard of a spice like that, but you can buy yeah. it. Um, okay. uh, strawberries, right? The, the, the Fisetin story. Um, I mean, I just saw strawberries as like any other berry, like whatever's in season or whatever, now going out of my way. Strawberries, in fact, I even now uh, travel with like freeze-dried strawberry powder. And so I'm in some huh. hotel eating some horrible, crappy, you know, uh, you know instant oatmeal you know, at least I can add some berries to it. And so, yeah, so, so doing some, and then I never ate wheat germ in my life. I adding wheat germ for the spermidine cardamom, nice spice, but like now I go out of my way to find ways to add it in eating a lot more tempeh than I used oh, to yes. uh, started uh, growing my own oyster mushrooms for the ergothionine, the so-called longevity vitamin. Um, so uh -huh. Like even kind of my day to day, there's a lot of things that changed. I mean, still, I know like major surprises, I guess. Right. Um, like things that I really thought one way or other, but definitely a lot of tweaking going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love all of that. And <laughs> yeah, I understand the complexity because patients will ask, well, what do I need to do with this? And you have like 30 minutes with the patients or now you're like, okay, let's just start with the highest, biggest thing for your yes. bite. Yeah, Eat plants, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> yes, plants, plants, um, more plants. Let's just do that, right? right yeah, then exactly. come back to me, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. In fact, that's actually a concern when I work on a book like this. In fact, that's the whole yeah. conclusion, right? I, I don't know if you got it. You mm -hmm. probably haven't got a conclusion yet. But basically, you're gonna get I'm the conclusion, and I'm and I'm gonna be like, yes, I've talked about all these crazy things to do for everything, for all the possible organ systems, blah blah blah. But like, let's get back to the basics. And like, yeah. this is the amount of benefit you can get even just doing the really, really simple stuff, right? Yeah. And so then like just trying to put the whole thing in perspective and hopefully you'll you'll tell me yeah. if I'm 
if, uh, if no. uh, I'm successful or not. Well, you know, I've, I've definitely have done berberine and other stuff before, but now I have the whole barberry. Those, those are going into my smoothie. I'm like, Great. you know, as I'm reading through yours, I'm tweaking along as well. And they're tasty. They're like there totally Now, see, the, I'm not a big fan of the gojis. I don't like the taste of gojis, but like the barberries, I'm like, I would eat these even if they weren't amazing, right? I don't know. See, I, I like gojis more than the barberries. They're a little bit um, sour, but... In the smoothie, they're cool. Oh, but see, and goji's <laughs> one of the two. I wish I had your goji palette. <laughs> oh, goji's go on my acai bowl every single time. So, uh, <laughs> damn it, I don't know. Uh, they're pretty. <laughs> anyway. They are very nice looking. Actually, the barberries, yeah, they're they're interesting. Um, yeah, they're definitely they got a little. Yeah, mm, yeah, no, no, it. they got that little tart. You know, right at the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know, getting to also your different sections, you speak to a few different ones. And when you're talking about the slowing aging by blocking 11 pathways of aging, I mean, these are fantastic. And in honestly, these could be a semester in medical school alone, much less, you know, reading through, I think it's 151 pages here in the first section. What would be the, the one thing that you were really like to get across the point in these, you know, 11 pathways of aging? Like what, is there any broad lesson that you'd like to share about any of that um, well uh, well at the end i actually uh kind of compiled a chart of all the kind of various interventions and noting mm -hmm. that you know uh that you know certain interventions like aerobic exercise can actually work on numerous anti-aging so it's like bang for your buck kind of thing um mm -hmm. yes i mean i really go in the nitty-gritty like at, you know for the ampk anti-aging pathway at every meal this is how many barberries this is how much vinegar this is blah 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 and then here's how we boost autophagy this much this this much this but i've kind of stayed back a little bit and realized wait a second something like protein restriction bringing your protein levels just down to recommended levels from excess down mm -hmm. to recommended um uh, hits every single one it's the only intervention that hits every single one of the 11 anti-aging pathways um and uh so you know even smoking cessation doesn't hit all of them although it hits most of them um and so uh so again give it you know and every section ends with like a little bolded list so you can skip over all the nerdy stuff and just be like oh okay ampk is an anti-aging enzyme so i want to boost it so what do i do go to the bullets but if you want to learn how we discovered it how we got there all the cool things about it all you know then read the whole chapter if not just jump to the you know to the to the bullets at the end that's fine too mm, i found most of my patients like to know all the details they oh i love they well, require hey you know me <laughs> i geek out on uh, all that yeah, well, that keeps well, me you on got my smart toes. patients. You have smart patients. <laughs> Obviously, joy. by definition, because they're coming to you. So uh, thank there's you. a self-selection bias. <laughs> there is. There's absolutely a bias there. Um, on the protein restriction, I do have a question regarding that because we get a lot of questions on how much protein. Is it just animal mm. protein restriction or is it plant protein restriction? So could you give some clarification on, does that mean that, let's say, a plant-based vegan bodybuilder is missing out on the longevity pieces because they're promoting or increasing their plant-based protein resources. Yeah, so I mean, the uh, I think the the important takeaway from the protein restriction, uh, I have a whole chapter on it and kind of it's peppered throughout the book, is it's really about restricting particular amino acids. 
Um, so just like much of the benefits of caloric restriction overall is really just restricting the protein piece. A lot of the benefits of the protein restriction is really just um, restricting these certain amino acids like methionine and the branched-chain amino acids. So even if you kept your protein intake the same, but you switched from animal protein sources to plant protein sources, you would decrease um, your intake of, uh, of methionine, for example, which is really maybe the bulk of the benefit from cutting down on protein um, in general. Um, uh, but... Uh, um, uh, so at age 65, um, I recommend going from the 0.8 grams per healthy kilogram body weight up to 1.0. Uh, but there's no, but beyond that, there's no benefit of adding extra protein to the diets of older men and women in terms of muscle mass, muscle strength, or physical performance. Instead, excess protein, you get a drop in the prolongevity hormone FGF21. You get a worsening of the age accelerating enzymes, IGF1 and, and mTOR. Um, and, uh, and, uh, but, and again, that protein restriction, all 11 aging pathways, it boosts NAD, improves immunity, decreases oxidative stress, inflammation, insulin resistance, as well as cancer promoting growth hormones. So we should really try to stick, um, to the recommended, um, uh, uh, which really comes to, so 0.8 grams per the kilogram body weight comes out to be about, uh, 50 grams a day. Um, and then, uh, going up to a full gram per kilogram after age 65. Got it. Absolutely. Perfect. And then, um, on the, the next section, be mindful of time here, uh, the pieces here about the optimal anti-aging regimen, and you speak to the different components. I think these all make sense. These are blue zones and lifestyle medicine stuff. So I would love to get to though. Um, some things that, you know, that come to patients come to me about on your preserving function is bones and the osteoporosis component, which I always tell people there should be a pediatric discussion. I'm, this is really oh. hard to have. So someone who's 65 and 70 and, right. <laughs> you right. know, but um, could we just highlight some of the things that you uh, recommend in the preserving your bones? In sure. Thin- sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I go through, you know, preserving kind of all the various organ systems. So in terms of bones, um, the uh, first of all, the stomach acid blocking drugs like Prevacid, Prilosec, um, that people uh, often use for acid reflux may increase the risk of bone fractures. So I'd be very cautious about those. Are now available over the counter. Tobacco and heavy cannabis use also associated with increased fracture risk. Um, bisphosphonates uh, like uh, like Fosamax, the most commonly prescribed kind of class of drugs for osteoporosis, uh, may help prevent hip fractures in high risk individuals, but come with rare but serious side effects. You really have to kind of weigh the pros and cons, and I help uh, people do that in the book. Um, Calcium supplements are not recommended for most individuals due to their poor efficacy and safety records. Uh, Strive to get at least uh, 600 milligrams a day of calcium, but from not from supplements, but from calcium-rich non-dairy food sources. Um, In fact, meta-analyses show high milk consumption does not only does not appear to offer protection from hip fracture, but actually associated with premature death, with dying prematurely. We think it's from the galactose, the milk sugar um, uh, breakdown product of lactose. Uh, Those getting inadequate sunshine exposure should consider supplementing with 2,000 national units of vitamin D, um, D3 a day. Um, uh, uh, prunes, onions, tomatoes, and almonds, and large quantities of fruits and vegetables in general, uh, may have bone protecting effects. Uh, um, alcohol, and on the other hand, alcohol, soda, coffee, um, but evidently not tea, 
um, may increase osteoporotic fracture risk. Soy phytoestrogens may be safer than um, estrogen hormone therapy for preserving bone. Um, and finally, weight-bearing exercise may be safer than, uh, maybe can improve uh, bone strength. But since most osteoporotic fractures are more a function of falls than bone density, fall prevention is the single most important intervention, um, which can be accomplished with a combination of lower limb strengthening exercises and balance training. So that's really kind of the main thrust of that chapter. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when I speak to patients, we definitely highlight that. Well, let's bump down because the one thing I really want to make sure we touch upon is your Dr. Greger's anti-aging eight, because we have your daily dozen. It is everyone, my patients, I follow Dr. Greger's daily dozen. I'm like, great, that's, you've won the battle 99% here. This is fantastic. So when you talk about the anti-aging eight, can you speak to you know, highlight, but I'd really like to kind of dive into that microRNA because that is a really fascinating chapter. Um, but just in the xenohormesis as well. But yes, what are your anti-aging eight? And if we can hone in on the microRNA and what that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, number one on the list, nuts. So compared to any other food group, consumption of nuts is associated with lower risk, lowest risk of premature death. So we're talking about a palm full of nuts each day, uh, maybe enough to offer maximal benefit. Um, too many nuts, more than a nut, a cup a day, uh, can increase the risk of kidney stones. So be concerned about that. And peanut butter consumption does not appear to have the same salutary effects of all nuts. Walnuts may be the healthiest. So that's nuts. Greens is the next on the anti-aging eight. Dark green leafy vegetables earn their place on the anti-aging eight as the vegetable most associated with longer lifespan. Um, so we have these cruciferous vegetables able to boost our first line of uh, gut immune defense. Um, air pollution is a leading killer of humanity, but cruciferous, um, uh, the cruciferous boost and detoxifying enzymes lying in our airways can help reduce the risk. Um, uh, the apparent longevity benefit of greens may arise in part from the metabolic slowing effect of nitrates, which are concentrated in um, dark green leafy vegetables, um, may also improve the age-related decline in muscle function and artery function. Um, uh, and, uh, the optimal use of nitrates require the presence of certain good bacteria on your tongue of all crazy things, which can be killed with antiseptic mouthwash, but can be fostered. These good bugs can be fostered by the use of tongue scraping and the regular consumption of nitrate rich vegetables. Um, and finally the nitrate, uh, um, vegetable nitrate anti-aging strategy may only be safe actually in the context of a plant-based diet as uh, nitrate products can react with the amides and amines concentrated in animal foods to form carcinogens. So um, mm. we wanna use this uh, anti-aging strategy in the context of a plant-based diet. Next on the list, berries as the, as the fruit, most associated with a longer lifespan. Um, and I could go through all the juicy stuff about berries, but it sounds like we wanna get to some of the more esoteric wacky stuff. Um, next yes, one? I do. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, then. <laughs> um, prebiotics, so postbiotics. I'll run through the others. Right. And then, then we'll go back. So okay. prebiotics and postbiotics. So prebiotics like fibrin-resistant starch can feed the probiotic, good bacteria like lactobacillus and bifidobacteria to make beneficial postbiotics like butyrate and acetate. However, look, feed the wrong foods can foster the growth of bad bacteria that create toxic postbiotics like TMAO. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the microbiome chapter. Um, calorie restriction without malnutrition 
um, uh, uh, may improve health span and lifespan. And we're just talking uh, 12% drop. Uh, there's a multi-year study and people just a 12% drop in overweight men and women had all sorts of amazing aging, psychological, physiological benefits. Um, protein restriction, as we already talked about. Um, and uh, uh, NAD um, uh, is, uh, is an essential cofactor for hundreds of enzymes. We can boost it naturally by boosting the enzyme that produces it and uh, suppressing the enzymes that um, kind of eat too much of it. We can do that naturally with diet and exercise. And then finally, yes, you're, you're true to your nerdy yep. heart xenohormesis and microRNA manipulation. So whew, xenohormesis and microRNAs, they represent cross-kingdom communication pathways between plants and animals that we may be able to use to our advantage, providing both a reminder and mechanism for the importance of exercise and centering one's diet around unprocessed plant foods. So, you know, hormetic stress, hormesis, ex helps explain the health and longevity benefits of exercise, caloric restriction, and certain foods and beverages such as broccoli and green tea actually causes stress within the body that boosts our, uh, you know, our, our DNA repair mechanisms, et cetera. Um, and just as, you know, antioxidants can be commandeered from plants to, uh, to our benefits, so might uh, xenohormetic stress compounds like polyphenols, which may act by modulating microRNA expression. Boy, we could go into that. Um, so the failure of isolated phytochemicals and plant extracts to replicate the benefits of whole plant foods, um, you know, historically we thought, well, maybe it's, we're using too high doses. Maybe there's the lack of synergy. You know, that's why we all want to eat, you know, foods as grown whole foods. But the role of these xenomicroRNAs may, may, may help explain, um, you know, in their manipulation of human gene expression. Um, and, and so basically the ingestion of plant uh, mammalian or avian microRNAs may account for some of the health impacts um, mm. of eating plants, uh, eating animals. Um, and uh, that's really most apparent with the growth acceleration programmed by lactation microRNA signaling um, that may have disruptive impacts if we're drinking milk past infancy or obtained from the wrong species. And so basically, xenohormesis and microRNAs just are additional mechanisms to explain how plant foods can be so good for you. And in many cases, animal foods can be so bad for us. It's not just that you know plant foods are artery protective, and so, of course, they're not just, you know, reverse heart disease, uh, potentially, but, you know, all of our organs need oxygen, need removal of waste products. So, of course, a heart-healthy diet is a brain-healthy diet, is a liver-healthy diet. Then we learned about the microbiome. It's like, oh, well, no wonder plant foods are so good for you, because that's, that's where the prebiotics, the fibrous-resistant starch is, not just in plant foods, but whole plant foods. Oh, well, of course. And then we learned about all the, the benefits of the microbiome, even for mental health. And so it's like, oh, okay. and then we learned about the role of inflammation in many of our chronic diseases. You're like, oh, well, duh, an anti-inflammatory diet, which is synonymous with a plant-based diet. Well, of course it affects so many different things simultaneously. And so this is just another one of those, wow, oh my God, this explains it all. Well, no wonder uh, plant foods can have all these beneficial effects. 
um, through the manipulation of human gene expression, through this really kind of fancy, uh, you know, genetic uh, the regulatory apparatus called microRNAs, which I talk about. Um, and it's like, oh, well, duh, no wonder why it might not be good to be, you know, sucking down bovine microRNAs, which are reprogramming us to, 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 you know, to have these, you know, effects that would be great for a calf, but may not necessarily be good for us. Mm, no, that that's fantastic. I love, <laughs> where can I go? There's so many things I could ask here. Um, no, it makes sense. So just to kind of highlight a, a cute patient story, I had a patient who was eight, chronic eczema. We pulled her plant-based diet, eczema went away. I mean, she's literally been suffering since like three months old. Her favorite saying was telling her friends, I'm not a cow. <laughs> and so, you know, because the part of the explanation was, hey, you're not a cow. You don't need the food that a cow would drink. And so it really gets to the point. Right. Um, we are, we're humans, right? And what are we made to, to be consuming? So when you explain what microRNA is, you have a nice little analogy about the construction component. Could you share that just a little bit so people understand why I think this is so fascinating? Because Anyway, yes, I'll let you. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, okay, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, what, what's neat? About, I mean, the, this whole concept of microRNAs wasn't even discovered until after I graduated right. from medical school. So it's just like a whole nother layer of crazy complexity. Anyway, okay. So if um, uh, so, uh, uh, trying to think how far I kind of go back here. Um, uh, okay. Um, Okay, let's go back really quick. A little high school biology here, right? Our genetic code stored in our DNA, right? Um, that That's like the, the instructions, the blueprint for creating, maintaining our bodies, right? Um, but of course, there's no point in having blueprints if there's no way of communicating to the builders that manifest uh, the, the, those instructions in the real world. So RNA is the messenger. So messenger RNA transcribes a, a stretch of the DNA code called a gene um, and has it translated into a finished product, like a structural protein, like collagen or something, or an enzyme that actually does stuff. And so the so-called central dogma of biology describes this flow of information from one gene, one messenger RNA to one protein, right? Okay. Then we can, then along comes the shocking discovery from the human genome product. Project. Once we finally sequenced the, the human uh, DNA, um, we said, wait a second, only 2% of our DNA actually codes for proteins, right? So wait, wait a second, that's what I thought DNA did. So if, if it only, if only 2%, what are the other 98% of our DNA, you know? And so when we were in med school, um, there, there was more than a billion letters of so-called purposeless DNA or junk DNA garbage sequences they used to be called and uh, you know we and, and the thought was well we just kind of accumulated this like evolutionary schmutz through throughout evolution right but i mean that would seem like a little wasteful right i mean so it's like mm -hmm. so this is like parallel in physics with dark matter where <laughs> um there's like we can't account for like like 85 percent of the matter in the universe so we like just like well there must be some dark matter we can't even see so most of our DNA violates the central dogma by being actively transcribed into non-coding RNA. Um, that is RNA that does not code for proteins. And you're like, well, if it doesn't code for proteins, that's what I thought RNA did. What does it do? Okay, 
So we now know there's more than 100 types of non-coding um, RNAs. Um, but so I basically just talk about one in the book, the OGs, which is microRNAs. This is a stretch of um, uh, DNA. Um, it usually takes like thousands of letters of DNA for an average messenger RNA to make a protein. Um, but in contrast, microRNAs, 20 letters long, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what do they actually do? Well, they are created to glom onto messenger RNAs to prevent them from being translated into proteins. And this is where we get to the construction analogy. If DNA is the foreman issuing instructions, and then the construction workers are the messenger RNAs translating those instructions to building parts of a building, a house, then the microRNAs are like regulatory bureaucrats who intercede, stop a particular construction worker from carrying out their duty, which is a good thing, right? Without building inspectors, we wouldn't have, you know, minimum safety standards. And look, we need to time things properly. We don't call in the roofers until we have the foundation poured, right? And so microRNA, it, so it's super common. One microRNA can block a thousand different messenger RNAs, so you can silence a thousand genes with one little messenger RNA. So, you know, one simple instruction, like you turn off the, build the second floor uh, genes and turn on the, you know, the, the build the first floor genes first. Anyway, so, um, and then, so there's just this overwhelming complexity. And the cool thing is, uh -huh. it turns out that, that, uh, you know, the, uh, so this is not just communication within our body, but this exact same messenger RNAs can be found in plants and get, and, and mm. they, they manipulate their own genome and found in animals manipulating those. And then when we eat the plants, microRNAs can survive digestion, make it into our bloodstream and manipulate us, um, for good right. or for ill. Um, there are bacteria, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, plaque bacteria that make microRNAs that try to suppress our immune system. So they remain on our teeth. And meanwhile, our immune system creates microRNAs to kill the bacteria, to enter the bacteria and control their DNA. It's like this crazy constant battle. Um, anyway, so it, it describes, <laughs> well, oh, maybe this is why broccoli is so good for us. Or, oh, maybe this is why <laughs> drinking cow's milk is not so great. It's super cool, super nerdy. I hope people enjoy it. Unfortunately, oh. ah, I got to run. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you again for your time. And I will be reaching out to folks. But everyone, thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time. Thank you so okay. much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye.